0: Hello and welcome to this week's Geek Town Radio. Um, I'm on my own this week. You know how we were joking at the end of the podcast last week about the uh, the 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 fact that Chris had promised faithfully he could be here. Um, and that was a promise he managed to keep right up until about ten past three this afternoon when he got roped into an unexpected family visit Um, So, and it's Christmas and you know it's time for family so um, unfortunately he had to cry off um, at the very last minute so that really didn't leave me with much of an opportunity to find anybody else to replace him so uh, I'm on my own but we have got an interview for you this week so I'm going to put that out uh, and I'll do some air dates for you as well i also wanted to mention um star wars of course being the big thing this week i've seen it i'm not going to give any spoilers um we may do a spoiler kind of filled podcast after christmas at some point where more people have had a chance to see it um and we'll have a bit more of a discussion about it and about things that will go on in the movie i do want to say i thought it was excellent i really really enjoyed it it's worth going out to see if you're looking for something to do over the christmas holiday definitely go and see it it's um great for star wars fans and non-star wars fans alike people that haven't seen the earlier movies i know there are a few of you out there um although probably not what people listening to this show um so yes definitely worth going to see i'm not entirely sure why it's a 12a i I, I. I know this is being talked about and I know a number of people have been concerned about it um I really can't see a reason for it um I mean I I don't have kids myself I have nephews who are eight and ten and you know I'd be perfectly happy to take them to go and see it I don't think it will be an issue for them uh but certainly if you've got kids that have seen the other films I don't see why this will be any worse for them than having seen some of the other movies so uh don't worry too much about that if if that's been a concern of yours um but definitely go and see it uh, as i say if you're a star wars fan even if you're not a star wars fan and this is your kind of introduction to the whole franchise i think this is quite a good starting point um for people to get into it so definitely worth going to see it's taken almost quarter of a billion pounds on its opening weekend which is uh sorry quarter of a billion dollars on its own opening weekend which is fairly impressive so um yeah uh more money for disney uh and uh, should be quite awesome so um with that i i will uh just just wanted to put that out there As a little bit about Star Wars, uh, but we'll talk properly about it when we come back after Christmas. So, next up we have an interview. (laughs) So, the interview this week is with the award-winning composer Emilio Calderera. Uh, He's an Argentinian composer uh, who's um, starting to do more English language stuff. Um, He composed the soundtrack for an upcoming movie called Secret in Their Eyes. It's got a pretty stellar cast. It's uh, Julia Roberts, Nicole Kidman, Churchill Adjafor. Uh, it's written and directed by Billy Ray, the guy that directed uh, Captain Phillips. The interesting thing about Emilio is the movie is actually a remake of uh, an Argentinian movie. My well, Argentinian is not great. It's called El Secreto El Susoja. Um, and uh, that won the Oscar in 2009 for Best Foreign Language Film. Um, Emilio actually did all the music for the original movie as well as doing all the music for the remake which is quite rare so it was quite interesting talking to him about that and how all that came about he's also created the soundtrack for uh, an upcoming animated feature called Underdogs uh, from the Weinstein Company that stars Ariana Grande um, Matthew Morrison from Glee uh, Nicholas Holt from uh, the X-Men movies and Katie Holmes so Yeah, he was a really interesting guy to talk to. The interview is about 20 minutes long. So here's the interview with Emilio. I hope you enjoy this. And then I'll do some air dates for you afterwards.
1: Hi, Emilio. Hey, David. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's a wonderful day here in calabasas california
0: <laughs> oh very nice <laughs> yes i know i know you it's been very cold over there recently hasn't it
1: yes yes it was 37 the other night so it's
0: yeah Chilling. yeah I've got some friends over there and I was looking at, at it and it was actually warmer over here than it is over there I'm like that's not right at all <laughs> where, where are you I'm in the uk i'm I'm uh, around Birmingham in the UK so I, I see what <laughs>
1: time is it uh, it's like uh, 10 pm or something uh, no
0: it's not that late it's uh half past six in the evening 6 30 uh, okay so, okay so, so it's not too bad so okay. uh, yes you're uh thank you for coming on and talking to me um you're you're on to talk a bit about uh, about your your new film, which is called "Secrets in Their Eyes." Right. Yes, I, I don't know what if
1: they kept the same name in the UK. I didn't check that before talking to you, but yes, it's Secret in Their Eyes." Uh, I participated in the um, original version with Juan Campanella. Yeah, uh, I got lucky, which is unusual for the composer to do the remake. So I'm very <laughs> Very blessed.
0: Yeah, I mean, how, how did that come about? Because, um, as you say, it, it's quite unusual for for the composer to end up doing the original language version and the remake.
1: Well, uh, Campanella ended up being the executive producer, and also the, I, there was a... Um, Mark Johnson is the producer of the remake. Yeah. And I've known Mike, Mark Johnson for a while, and we arranged for a... Um, for a meeting with uh, Billy Ray the director and writer yeah. to yes. to see how it, it would work he loved the original score he did love the movie and uh, he wanted to do a a rendition because of the love of he how how the movie moved him the original one he wanted to do a rewrite and so early in in the game uh, which regularly doesn't happen because all movies are done and then when it's all finished and edited, then they call the composer. Yeah. In this case, um, and because I always want to fight the temp track, the famous temp <laughs> track, I decided to contact the, um, the producer and try to set up a meeting where I have a chance and and I have a shot at reading the script and seeing if the original works. That's fine. Yeah. And so you um, can use it, rewrite it for the entire movie because it it'll need to be re-recorded. That that was the the idea. Yeah. But I thought, well, let let's meet and let's try to to see what. It triggers in me. And the <laughs> truth is, um, I I read a complete different movie. <laughs> it was more of a thrilling, uh, high-paced, intense, and more poignant sort of um, approach. Yeah. And I I called the director after reading the script, and I said, I'm going to work. I wasn't hired or anything. I <laughs> Jumping, jumping uh, off the cliff. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to take a shot at composing things for these particular characters. The other ones, they are, the Argentinian version of it, the characters are a little bit uh, sweeter and more involved in the love story. There's some uh, some other right. strokes, I would say. Yeah. Mostly. Um so I came up with seven demos yeah. and and Billy Ray says, okay, I have 15 minutes tomorrow. Let's do 15 minutes tomorrow. And you'll show me what you came up with. <laughs> so an hour and a half later, we're still discussing <laughs> the, the tension of the, the themes and everything. And I... I just responded or mirrored so much whatever emotions he had in mind that most of those ended up in the original structure in the movie.
0: <laughs> so I mean that's also quite unusual is the fact that you you pursued the film rather than them pursuing you or them contacting you as well. Uh, yeah, I I tried to do that.
1: I. I try to do the middle part a lot, and uh, with great success. Yeah. Which is uh, trying to get to the editing bay with my demos. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good with the sound of the demos. I'm mostly orchestral, but I use synthesizers and effects and all that. Yeah. Uh, but I love melody, and I treat the characters with the... Um, the depth that I think uh, we we understand music versus themes and versus emotions, so um, I do a pretty good job on that, and then then I, I get a pace for the movie too. Yeah, it's kind of a challenge. So
0: <laughs> yeah, so you're you're obviously not not native to to uh, uh, Los Angeles. Um, so you're you're from Argentina originally. Um, how, how did you um how did you end up in LA? Um well it's um
1: right in the I was a record producer and arranger. Ah, okay. So um, and I used to work for Columbia Records and Ariola and all that. And one day somebody opened the the studio's door and said, "Would you like to score a movie? <laughs> And, well, I, I used to do songwriter and writing, and I do orchestral writing and kind of a contemporary music for orchestras, too.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And so at that point, I composed, but never for a movie. Yeah. And I, I did one movie uh, that was kind of a very commercial thing that got very, very lucky. And... Right after that, this um, marvelous uh, director and writer Adolfo Aristarain uh, went on to doing a movie that it's like a cult movie that they are still playing every week on, <laughs> on all the, all the on television uh, called "Time for Revenge." Right, and I just uh, managed to mix my kind of um, classical um, classical how to to say uh, the, the writing and background into the movie yeah and it was a blast <laughs> I literally uh, I, I won't say I dropped uh, just the, the production of record production but I embraced the the film scoring in a big way yeah and I was very, very blessed, I would say to just be able to see the picture, look at the actors, and just try to frame and portray the emotional content of the of what I'm watching,
0: yeah,
1: in, in notes <laughs> so that's that's been a blessing since then,
0: yeah,
1: then because I'm Argentinian, and because of the Argentinian budgets, and you have to understand that Argentina is in the range of the 40 million people.
0: Yeah.
1: When you do something, it's that that percentage of other countries, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a small crowd. So the budgets were lower, and my music never sounded like um, the Hollywood movies. Yeah. So I would go and see Star Wars or Superman or anything. <laughs> I would come out of the theater crushed. I yeah. would say, oh, well, I never, my music will never sound like this. It was a bummer. <laughs> and then I started coming to L.A. I yeah. Actually, I, I initially moved to New York because it was easier with the record production.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And I met Julio Iglesias and all the good guys in the very beginning. Yeah. And so at some point, I had a, of all people, I put a phone call to Roger Corman. Right. And Roger Corman, of course, invited me to a meeting and I was all stressed with it. And I came to L.A. for a weekend to meet him on Monday and that was thirty years ago. I never moved out. <laughs> I fell, fell in love with LA. I never worked with Roger
0: Corman. <laughs> <laughs> but he got you there. And that's that's the important thing. He got you to LA. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. So how how did you how did you start with music? What what was your, your, your background? What was the sort of first thing you picked up as a as a child or Make the same no brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.
1: The uncle Herman uh, just passed and uh, oh, he oh. played trumpet. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, from a Jewish background. Right. The Jewish guys that escaped to Argentina. <laughs> There were there were two ships, one to Argentina, one to New York. I <laughs> I I missed the one to New York, I guess, and I tried to fix it. So and and my uncle had a band, so at, at his uh, actually at my grandma's place they rehearsed. Yeah, and there was a piano, um, upright piano, and there was a Hammond organ, drums, and everything. <laughs> and I was at that time six. Wow. So I would just play and stay there. I don't know, and sing, and and they started um, picking on. Um, maybe he would do something, I don't know, with music, he would love, love music. So I started studying with two composers at the time, very famous composers, uh, Juan Carlos Sorci, and Jacobo Fischer. Okay. And um, and I love piano and I went into to just um, playing piano. That's where I'm coming from, classical piano.
0: Right. Okay. And
1: classic classical writing at at nine, I started writing music and all that.
0: Yeah,
1: and then I went wow. on to to rock bands and uh, all the yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other Woodstock era, so, <laughs> which, I, which I enjoy pretty much. <laughs> so, and then into the record business, yeah. and back to to my story of uh, how I ended up yeah. doing things.
0: Yeah, wow. So. When you first start composing bits of music, is the piano still the first thing that you tend to go towards to, to work out what you're going to do?
1: Uh, yes. The, um, actually, I have the studio here. You may see some, some of it. Yeah. Here's, here's the, the spaceship.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Okay.
1: Uh, and I have the, the piano in a separate room. Right. I have a disc clavier that records what I'm, just in case I forgot. Yeah. And um, and I do all the melodies and all the moods and all the um, the depth of the, the feelings that I want to put into music at that piano. And then I come back to the studio and do the orchestration and all that.
0: Yeah. That's
1: yeah. how I work. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I skipped, uh, I skipped uh, why I ended up in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, go on. Yes. It, which is uh, the fact that I thought my music wouldn't uh, uh, sound like that. I, I, in the middle of that change with, um, with uh, Roger Corman and all that, also Adolfo Aristarain made two movies here. Right. And I came because of him,
0: so okay.
1: I I wanted to remark that, <laughs> that that part.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, as you say, you were you were disappointed that that uh, your your sound you know, you didn't sound like the Hollywood movies, and um, now you've had the uh, Los Angeles Philharmonic performing your music. So yes. you know that that must have been a thrill.
1: Quite quite a thrill. Yeah. Quite a thrill. It, it was um, kind of a um, uh, godsend or uh, whatever situation. I think it's uh, m- uh, intertwined timings with um, with how and who is going to play your music. And uh, it was super thrilling to, to have a chance to be at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. And listening to that powerful orchestra by... And conducted by Maestro Dudamel, of of all conductors. So, very nice. Yeah, Yeah.
0: yeah, very good. Um, You've got uh, a new movie um, coming out soon as well called Underdogs. This is an animated film, isn't it?
1: Yeah, this is animated film. And um, it's also, this is quite a paradox in my life. I have (laughs) to admit, you're the first person that I tell this. Uh, after telling you the story that uh, I thought my music would never... If I stayed in Argentina, right? Yeah. My music would never sound like the John Williams and all that. Yeah. Uh, the paradox is I ended up doing underdogs produced in Argentina. <laughs> and they gave me the budget for the London Symphony, <laughs> which I went, I conducted, and... Wow, wow. Uh, And uh, it sounds, it it is recorded at Air Studios (laughs) with the Top Guns and it sounds like I wanted my music to sound, at least. (laughs)
0: that's fantastic i'm not gonna make
1: comparisons but i i love what i did and i'm very proud of
0: it. that's fantastic is is there a um a difference in composing for something like an animated feature compared to a live action feature or does it not really make any difference from your point of view i mean obviously there's there's differences in the tone of of what it is but does it make any Uh, difference in what you're doing it's
1: interesting um there's no difference um it's interesting that I. Uh, this is my first big animation. I did small stuff, but uh, the big animation movie. How much animation, what, what a wide range of sound the animation and, and um, emotions the animation can take. Yeah. Put, you put in there whatever you want and it, it just enhances or helps or you become a character. Yeah. In, in an animation movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas in a regular film, um, if it's uh, like in The Secret, I don't want to become the character because then you're stepping on, on dialogue and uh, stepping on the actor's emotions. So you have to be very careful. Yeah. Whereas in animation, you have to be there, <laughs> to wall. Just uh, driving the the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I yes, I can I can see that. I can see how that will that will make a difference. Um, so, um,
1: what's next for you? Uh, I'm working now in a Mexican movie. Right. Called El Alien. I already worked with this director Jesus Magaña.
0: Yeah.
1: With another um, uh, movie that came out last year, which is Alicia's. Alicia's Lang.
0: right
1: so and um, so it's a very cute movie for for teenagers and that's very, very cool and also I just finished yesterday a commission right. uh, of a 20 minute tango piece that I'm writing for the Heroica trio right so they're very very good players and I'm excited about it oh that's so,
0: fantastic yeah <laughs> all right well i i shall let you get back to your uh your your day um i hope you have a wonderful christmas and uh i look forward to to seeing the the films when they're uh the uh secrets in um is secrets it, in their eyes is out at the moment isn't it
1: uh, he is out i don't know in the uk when it comes out but uh, it's to be
0: the same time i will have a look and, and see and underdogs is out next year as well isn't it
1: <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We don't have a specific date yet, but I uh, will can send you an email or, <laughs> yeah, Janet can. can
0: yeah. yeah. All right. Brilliant. See you uh, holidays. <laughs> right. Th- thanks a lot for coming on and talking to me. Um, have a wonderful Christmas and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you again at some point. Bye bye. <laughs> Terrific. Bye, David. Bye. Bye bye. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Emilio Calderera. Next up, we have some air date information. <laughs> So, a few cancellations and renewals for you first. BBC have announced they've dropped the uh, police drama Cuffs, uh, which is a real shame. We interviewed one of the cast from that. Um, if you go back a few episodes, you'll you'll hear that. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's not coming back for another series. Sean Bean's Legends, which ran on Sky 1 over here, has been cancelled in the US by TNT, which is its network over there. That was a shame. They've changed up the cast quite a lot for the second season. In fact, they've got rid of pretty much all the cast, barring one or two characters. Characters and Sean Bean himself. So, although Sean Bean can last past one season, he's not made it to a third. So, <laughs> at least he didn't get killed off in this one. That's a good start. Fargo, uh, there was a bit of information about season three of that. It won't be premiering till 2017. The reason being that obviously it's Fargo, it's generally shot in the snow, and it's too late in the day for them to do it this winter. So, they can't get it out quick enough so they're going to have to shoot it towards the end of next year and then it'll come out in 2017 so yeah that's that was the reason apparently for that but uh apparently fake snow isn't good enough they want proper snow and the other bit of news that came out this week is uh the f1 is moving from the bbc to channel 4 from next year this is part of the bbc budget cuts so uh they've been trying to save money and channel 4 have Picked up the F1. It was thought it was going to ITV, but it isn't. Uh, apparently, ITV couldn't promise that they wouldn't run ad breaks in the middle of a live race, which seems completely ridiculous to me. But uh, Channel Four did, so you'll be able to watch it on Channel Four, and you won't have any ad breaks dropping in the middle of the uh, cars going around in circles. So um, yeah, that's that was uh, the bits and pieces of news in terms of returning air dates. Um, got. American Idol season 15, they've just announced today that that's been picked up because it was running on five star, I think, originally, and they decided not to pick it up uh, I, I was part of the, uh, that happened around about the Viacom deal. Um, so that's going to move on to 4Music. Not sure what channel number that is, but uh, it's on full music that's coming at some point in January it'll be running quite close to the US air date as well so if you're into American Idol, that's the final season as well so that, that'll be coming over here in January Hell on Wheels season 5, I think that's the last season of that as well, coming to TMC on the 3rd of January at 9pm, really good show that if you've not caught it yet, it's well worth going to find on Amazon or Netflix From Dust Till Dawn, the series is it's a Netflix show if you've not actually seen it it's launching if you've not got Netflix it's launching on Spike UK from season 1 at 9pm on the 4th of January Uh, so if you like Vampires or if you like the Quentin Tarantino movie um, wasn't Quentin Tarantino was it it was his mate but if you like the movies uh, that's coming to Spike on the 4th of January Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, finally got an air date as well this week uh, 10th of January at 9pm but it's on on E4 it's moved from channel 4 to E4 so that's one to uh, definitely watch out for it's on slightly later because it was airing on 8pm at on channel 4 and it's 9pm on E4 hopefully apparently i hadn't realized but apparently there's a lot of cuts in it on the 8pm slot uh, so it'd be interesting to see whether they take uh, whether they don't cut it as much since it's going out at 9pm in E4. So that's one to watch out for. But yeah, E4, not Channel 4, 10th of January at 9pm. Gotham finally has an air date. I can't remember whether we mentioned this last week, so I'm putting it in again. Uh, that's on Channel 5 at the on the 11th of January at 10pm. That's coming. Bones also returning. That's coming to Sky Living on the 18th of January at 9pm and agent carter as well the date for that they had announced it but it's shifted slightly i think uh, a couple of reasons i think the date moved in the u.s and also it moves out of the way because it was actually going to clash with agents of shield i think so they've shifted it slightly i think it's on a thursday night now um it's uh 28th of january at 9 p.m that's now going to start so it's a little bit later but not horrendously later um so it just moved back a little bit and we already knew this but walking dead and talking dead are both returning on the 15th of january which is uh day after the US air it at 9pm on Fox. So unlike the US who are having it on Valentine's Day, zombies on Valentine's Day, just what you want, um, we're going to get it the day after. So uh, that's 15th of February, 9pm on Fox. So that's everything for this week. Um, I know it's a bit of a shortened show, and uh, yes, just me. But I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back in January. I think we're back around the 12th. I think we're planning on, on coming back. We will see you back then. Everybody has an absolutely wonderful Christmas. We may put a few things out in between just to sort of tide you over in the weeks in between. So there may be an end of year quiz. It was going to be a Christmas quiz, but I've not quite finished it. So it'll probably be an end of year quiz. Um, so there's that and uh, there may be some other interviews and stuff going out in between. So keep an eye out for those. If you want to contact us over the christmas period you can reach us at geektown.co.uk on the website you can email us at podcast at geektown.co.uk you can find us on twitter at geektown or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown that's everything have a wonderful christmas and a great new year we'll uh, see you in 2016 bye bye <laughs>